You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. It's what you place in his hands that he'll use. Okay? Moses had a stick and God used the stick. Used the rod, right? To part the Red Sea. Used the rod to cause water to flow out of the rock. That was what Moses had. David had a sling. God used the sling. When you place what you have into his hands, I am sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he can do a sign and a wonder with that thing that you place into his hands. Okay? It doesn't matter what it is. Just place it in his hands. Peter had a boat. Gave it to him. And he used it. (laughs) He used it. Yeah. Saul had zeal. He gave it to him. And he used it. Hallelujah. He had zeal. So what do you have? What do you have? Whatever it is you have, God can use it. God can use it. Don't allow anyone to make you think that you are not qualified to be used by God. It is a lie from the pit of hell. Okay? Yeah. Even your weakness, he can use your weakness if you place it into his hands. He uses the weak to confound the the strong. Yeah. Even if you feel you are a fool. No, I'm telling you, I'm serious. If you think you are a fool, give it to him. And you'll be amazed at what he will do with that. Because he uses the foolish things to confound the wise. So, now, who? Tell me, who cannot be used? Even a donkey was used. So, if you think you are a donkey, or maybe they have been telling you that you are just a donkey in this family. He can use a donkey. If they tell you you are a donkey, say, praise God. In the Old Testament, God used a donkey to speak and to rebuke a prophet. So if he could use a donkey, he can use me. If he could speak through a donkey, he can speak through me. If Jesus could ride a donkey into Jerusalem, he can ride on me. So there is nobody, did you hear me? There is nobody God cannot use. There's nobody God cannot use. So far as you surrender yourself to him. The only person God cannot use is the person that will not give himself. All right? Because God cannot go and use Satan's own instruments to do his work. 
Are you following me? Yeah. But if you give yourself to Him, it doesn't matter. He will use you. You say, oh, pastor, but I'm not perfect. That's right. That's the reason why He'll use you. Because you're not perfect. If He's looking for a perfect person, guess what? He won't find any on earth. He'll only find them in heaven. And in heaven, they're of no earthly use. Yeah. So why am I saying this? I don't know. But I think there's somebody here that the enemy has really put you down. He has battered your self-worth. And you need to be liberated from that. I don't care what people have been saying or for how long they have been saying it. It is a lie. Did you hear me? I say it is a lie. It's a lie. That's not the voice of God. It's not the voice of God. So you need to listen to God. What God is saying is that He can use you. In fact, He wants to use you. He wants to use you in this land. He wants to use you in this nation and even beyond. To glorify His name. To show forth His glory. To display His majesty. Hallelujah. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Okay. Pastor, what about my past? Just give it to Him. Give it to Him. I'm not proud of my past. That's right. That's, in fact... You are the most qualified. People that are proud are the ones he cannot use. People that have something to boast of are the ones he cannot use. They are the ones that are useless to him. Okay? So if you can boast of how good you have been, yo. Am I saying it shouldn't be good? No, I'm not saying it shouldn't be good, but you cannot boast on that. You cannot pride yourself in that. Because that disqualifies you. That's why Jesus never chose any of his apostles from the religious sector. Did you notice that? went to tax collectors. Tax collectors were the most hated people in Israel. Got tax collectors. Got fishermen. Come on. Yeah. He got the kind of people that society does not even have any, you know, have any respect for. Those are the people he went to get. So you think if Jesus comes now to select his disciples, he's going to go to the union building? <laughs> you are making a mistake. I'm telling you. That's not where he goes to. And that's why they... they <laughs> Somebody says Saxon world. <laughs> he's not going to go there. If they want him, they must chase him. They must chase after him. He's not going to chase after them. He's not. 
That's why the wise men, when they went to Herod's palace, they didn't realize they were going to the wrong place. Where did they find him? In a manger. Huh? In a manger. Even the hotel had no room for him. Are you getting me? Where he was sharing a room with the sheep. Do you, do you know the smell in that place? That's where he was born. That's where, that's where they put him. He said, oh, my background is smelling. That's, that's the place, that's a conducive place for the master. That's conducive. So all this holier-than-thou attitude, we must cast it out of the church. Okay? Don't look down on anybody. You never can tell who he is going to be tomorrow. That's not what I'm talking about. We've been looking at some laws. I think that is just free of charge. Okay? That is, uh, what do you call that? Mahala, no. Uh, pa- Parcella, yeah, that's Parcella. Hallelujah, that's Parcella. So, last week we were talking about, what law were we talking about last week? Okay, the law of demand and supply. Oh, supply and demand, whichever one. Yeah, we were talking about that. This morning I want to talk to you about a law that doesn't seem obvious when it comes to the supernatural. But it is so vital. It's so vital. And I call it the law of love and compassion. Okay? The law of love and compassion. That is, this is so important. And a lot of times, people have lost their anointing. All right? Because they've not been able to master this law. People have, you know, their anointing has diminished without them knowing because they failed to master this law. And as I'm talking, in my mind I have some examples of people I can look back, I can look back to that God literally manifested himself in power. I know, I know somebody, I actually worked with him briefly, um, years, many, many years ago. This man, if he walks into this place, believe you me, if he walks into this, as he's walking like this, everybody is going to fall. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> how serious. You know, you just... You can't stand near him when he's under the anointing. You can't stand. He doesn't even need to lay his hand on you. He just needs to walk past you. And the glory of God on him is going to weaken your knees and you'll find yourself on the floor. So you can imagine, you can imagine what happens when he goes anywhere. Okay? But 
there was a problem in this department <laughs> concerning this law I'm talking about. And the anointing began to wear off. It began to wear off. It began to wear off. It began to wear off. Until it, it got to a point where it was now dry. It's not that he sinned. He didn't do any. No, no, no. It's just for my analysis and close proximity and observation, I noticed that this was an area that care was not, he didn't, he didn't care about that. Why? I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I'm powerful. When he stands, sometimes when he stands like that, as he stands, the glory of God will come like that. You see, the cloud will just cover the place. Yeah, I'm telling you, for real. So if you want to talk about demonstration, it's on another level. Years ago, he was flying from Canada to the U.S., and there was a woman that was bleeding on the plane. And they were panicking. Panicking. And they call. Is there any medical doctor here? Nobody responded. And he was there with his wife. The man is a medical doctor. So the wife said to him, why don't you go? He says, no, I'm not going. He said, go, you're a doctor. He said, no. After some time, the Holy Spirit said, go. He said, what do I do? This guy has seven medical degrees. Yeah, some people are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He got up. He just went there, stood. You know, okay, can you, what, can you identify yourself? He got upset. Why are they asking me to identify myself? Is that not, is that not normal? What if the person is a fraud? Proof that you are a medical doctor. He said, you are the one that needs my help. Hey. The wife said, what is the problem? <laughs> Just identify yourself. They don't know you. Reluctantly, he brought out his ID card and showed them. He said, okay. And everybody stood aside there waiting for him. And the guy just lays his hands and says, stop in the name of Jesus. Instantly, he stopped. <laughs> so he didn't even practice the medicine. Yeah. Do you know, after that, they gave him a life ticket on American Airlines. That time. Any time he's traveling within the U.S. or Canada, Free. <laughs> free, free. Yeah. And then they would, every year, once in a year, the Association of Christian Pilots in America 
will have him to speak to them. Just because of that miracle. All right? No, I'm just saying you, the kind of, the kind of uh, level of manifestation that he walked in. But, there was a question mark. And that's what I want to share with you. Okay? Are you ready? Now, let's start. I'm going to start. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 5. I just want to establish a, a, a principle here in Hebrews chapter 5. And then, we will look at a few points concerning this law. Hebrews chapter 5, from verse 1. Now, this is a principle that the Bible has established concerning priesthood. Okay? Let's read from verse, from verse 1. It says, For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Okay? He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. Now, the principle here is this. Whenever... God is going to appoint someone as a priest. He takes a priest from among men. He doesn't take a priest from among angels. Okay? He takes from among men. And the reason the Bible is telling us here is that he can have what? Compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray. Why? Because he himself is also subject to weakness. Why? Because he is subject to weakness, he's not perfect. He's not perfect, he's subject to weakness, and because he's subject to weakness, God feels that he can accurately represent the people before him. So he takes he takes he takes the man from among the people. All right? The person has gone through, he has experienced weaknesses. He's not, God is not looking for a perfect person to use. He's looking for someone who can identify with the ignorant. Because he was once ignorant. He can identify, he can have compassion on those who are going astray. Because he was once astray. He was once weak. Because he was once weak, he will not look at the weak and say, what's wrong with you? Don't you have faith? Come on, be strong. No, no. Why? So that he can have compassion. So that he can carry out his ministry based on the law of compassion. Amen. Are you getting me? Amen. So, this was a major qualification for priesthood, especially to be a high priest, you needed to be someone that is taken from among the people. Someone who has faced the same challenges that the people are facing. All right? So you know what it means to be weak. You know what it means to be in pain. You know what it means to struggle. Are you following me? Yeah. So... That is very, very important. Why? Because God knows He's not going to pray wicked prayers. He's not going to pray and say, God, these people are too stubborn. Punish them. 
Break their necks, O oh Lord. <laughs> yeah, go read the book of Psalms. You'll see some dangerous prayers there. Break their jaw bones, O oh Father. Oh, yeah. If you read the Bible, there are some things you can take and use that don't conform to the character of Christ. And say, oh, no, it's biblical. Okay. One thing you need to understand about the Bible is that the Bible records everything. All right? Everything that is recorded in the Bible is true. Okay? But the Bible does not endorse everything that it records. And that's where people miss it sometimes. They say, oh, because they see, yeah, it's Elijah called down fire on those people. So, the, 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 the sons of Zebedee, James and John says to Jesus, these people will not, the Samaritans will not allow them to go through their city. He says, Master, let's call down fire just like Elijah did. Scriptural. Jesus looks at them and says, you don't know what spirit you have. So Jesus did not endorse Elijah's action. Are you following me? Yeah, because it was not in line with the law of love and compassion. <laughs> yeah. So you need to be well grounded in this law of love and compassion. Why? Because the level God wants to take us to is beyond where Elijah went. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Why? God is love. Compassion is a product of love. It comes out of love. You see, compassion is not the same as sympathy. It's not the same as sympathy. When you sympathize with someone and say, oh, what a pity. Oh, shame. And, you know, you just, and that's it. But no, compassion is not like that. Compassion moves. It, it causes you to do something. If you have compassion, you will do something. If you don't do something, it's just pity. It's just pity. It's just pity. And God is not like that. God is moved with compassion. And the, the priest had to have compassion so that he, he can affect the way he presents. You know, a priest, the, a priest, the difference between a priest and a prophet is this. Okay? A prophet speaks, is God's mouthpiece. All right? So, in other words, let's say God is here, right? God is here. A prophet is backing God and facing people. Hallelujah. Because he is coming from God and he's speaking on behalf of God to the people. Thus says the Lord and all of that. But a priest is the opposite. Okay? The priest is backing the people and going before God. And he's talking to God on behalf of the people. He's talking to God. He's bringing the situation of the people before God. 
And he's saying to God, God, you have to do this for my people. Lord God, you need to have mercy. You need... That is a priest. That is a priest. And so that is why God made it such that that person must be from among the people who has suffered like the people who have gone through the things that people have gone through. Huh? Don't come and tell me, oh, things have been so hard. I only started life with a million dollars. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's saying. I only started with a million dollars. Ah, it was so hard. Now I'm a billionaire, but it was not easy. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, it's not easy, you know. I started with a million dollars. Go and get me somebody from the ghetto, Amen. from the township. Are you following me? And who has reason? And let that person represent me. That person will have more compassion. He will have a heart for the people. That person is more qualified to lead and to represent the people. Not because you have some billions. So what? You don't have a heart for the people if you cannot identify with the weak. If you cannot identify with those who are ignorant, your pride is going to cause you to destroy them. Are you getting my point? And that was why a man like Moses, even though, do you know that God, God came to Moses one day and said, Moses, I want to destroy all these people. I'm going to kill all of them. And you, I will make a great nation. What did Moses say? Oh, hallelujah. Shake her bond Finally, God, you are beginning to think properly. Huh? I've been waiting for this. No, Moses didn't say that. Moses said, Lord, you can't do this. What are the people going to say? This, this is not you. This is out of your character. Hallelujah. Can you see? So he says, the Egyptians will say, he took them out of Egypt. And when he saw that he could not take them into the land, he killed them. And God didn't say, you are lying. God said, Moses, you have a point. He said, these are people that you have, you have redeemed by your own power. How can you do this, Lord? Now, this was going to benefit Moses directly. But Moses could identify with their ignorance. He could identify with their weakness. And so he was able to present a case before God. That's the law of love and compassion. Are you getting me? Yeah. What about Abraham? God came to him and says, Abraham, I want to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Those guys, their sin is too much. They are homosexuals, they are this, they are that. <laughs> Abraham says to God, God, I don't know you to be like this. 
Will you destroy the righteous with the unrighteous? Far be it from you. Um, but thus, I'm not trying to advise you or to counsel you, but Lord, just look at it. Does it make sense? God says, Abraham, you have a point. He started from 50 to 10. If you find 50 people, will you destroy the land? No, I won't. What about 40? What about 30? What about 10? And what about 10, God? God said, if I find 10 people, I won't destroy it. I believe that Abraham stopped at 10 because he was sure beyond a shadow of a doubt <laughs> that Lot would have made some disciples. At least Lot would have had 10 disciples. After all that he had learned from Abraham, unknown to him, Lot has forgotten about discipleship and was enjoying the pleasure of Sodom. He didn't have up to 10. So Abraham stopped there. But the point I'm trying to make is that what motivated Abraham? Do you remember that Lot was the one that quarreled with Abraham yeah. and broke away from Abraham? Do you understand? You remember? Accused Abraham of all sorts of things. And Abraham said, we are brothers. Let's not fight. You choose. Hmm? If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, anywhere, just choose. Abraham, Lord, look, 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 and saw a city that was already built, well established, everything intact, ready made. Ready made ministry, everything in place, global impact. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's it, that's what he saw. Yeah. So, Lord looked at it. I'm not, I'm not going to sweat. I'm not going to work hard. I'm not going to do anything. You know, it's, it's already done, established. I'll just go and take over. Lord said, this is what I want. Abraham said, okay, fine. You can go. Meanwhile, Abraham was not looking at what was already in place. The Bible says he looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. A city that does not yet exist. He was looking for that. Not looking for a ready-made. Wasn't looking for a ready-made. Many of us cannot walk in love and we cannot be compassionate because we are walking by sight. Because when you see somebody today, you cannot see what they will become tomorrow. Am I correct? So, you judge them and treat them based on what you are only seeing today. And you don't know, it have, it's going to affect your ability to flow in the supernatural. Because if God gives you the kind of power that he gave Moses. Huh? Imagine Moses says, who is on the Lord's side? Come this way. And everybody moved here. The sons of Korah were there. The ground opened. 3,000 people were buried alive. (laughs) Say power. Power. Yeah. Now, Moses didn't ask the ground to open. He just said, who is on the Lord's side? Okay, you move this. Those of you who are there, okay. It's God that decided to bury them alive. Direct entry to hell. No transportation, nothing. 
They just landed straight. Yeah. So that's the kind of power, that's the kind of authority Moses was walking in. And yet he never used it against anybody. He never. Today I find pastors cursing people and all of that. It's between them and God. It's not my business. I will never do that. Because I didn't see Jesus do that. And I won't do that. Amen? Amen? But we are going to give an account of how we use what he gave to us. If you use it to destroy rather than to build, God will judge you. Okay? But some people cannot be given the powers of the age to come. Listen, we're praying, we're believing God for some dangerous things. Yeah, some catastrophic manifestations. And if we don't master this thing I'm talking about, we're going to destroy each other. Yeah, because the day you disagree, you cross my path. I'm going to show you. Do you know who I am? Ah. If you wake up tomorrow, I'm not a man of God. <laughs> now, do you know that if I make such a statement, it might come to pass? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because I'm a man of God. I'm a man of God. And I carry authority in the spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? If I say that God is going to do something, even if God does not, Satan will jump in quickly to do it. Are you getting me? So we have to be careful. You need to love people. Genuinely, genuinely love people. Whether they are bad, good, ugly, love them. Because that's how God loves us. Don't wait for anybody to be perfect before you love them. Anybody can love a perfect person. Is that not so? Why am I saying this? I believe that the, the days before us require this. You get what I'm saying? They require this. And if they, all those who are not here, please go and tell them what I'm saying. Because if you are part of this church, you must, you must abide by this law of love and compassion. I don't care what you think. If you don't like love and compassion, get out of this church. I'm serious. Get out. We don't need you here. And if you get out, we understand. We understand it's, it's okay. It's fine. I don't know how, if there's a place for you in heaven, though. Because heaven abides by this law. Are you getting me? Yeah. So, okay. This scripture in Hebrews is, is, just, is just to show you that that's the way God operates. That's, that's the criteria that God uses to select. Okay? Why? Because God 
knows that none of us is perfect. Okay? We should aspire to grow. We should not remain babies forever. That's a problem. It has its own, there's, there's another law to deal with that. But for now, this one, we must master it. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, let's look at God in the book of Psalm, Psalm 145. In Psalm 145, David makes a, or the psalmist makes a statement in Psalm 145, verse 8. Verse 8, it says, come on, it's on the screen. Let's read it. One, two, three. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. That's God. Jehovah. El Shaddai. Hallelujah. Huh? You see there, the Lord is in block letters. That's his covenant name. That's Jehovah. Do you understand? Yeah. So he's saying, Jehovah is gracious. Are you gracious? You want to walk like God. You want the power of God. To manifest in and through your life, are you gracious? He's full of what? Compassion. Are you full of compassion? Or maybe you have, you know, just a drop of compassion. We need to aspire to be full. There's nobody here that is full of compassion. Nobody here. Myself included. In fact, I'm the chiefest. Yeah, but we need to grow in compassion to a point where it's so full and it overflows because that's how God is. That's how God is and that's how he relates with us. That's why he is, he is touched by our infirmities, by our weaknesses. Do you, know, do you know what? Many people want the power of God to manifest through them not because they love people, but because they want to show off. Yeah, so that you know, so that people will know. The man of God is in town. Huh? When I was talking about that man, that when he walks like this, people will just be falling like that. I'm sure you'll be saying, Well, God, just give me this. I'm not asking for any other thing. For what? Why? Why do you want it? So that you can boost your ego and your sense of self-importance. Come on. <laughs> when I walk in, if I, God, if you give me this, eh, let me just tell you what I'll do. When Kaiser Chiefs and pirates are playing, I'm going to go there. And all the Kaiser Chief players, I'm going to make sure. I will make sure that they kick the air. In fact, the goalkeeper, he's going to see three balls. So that Chiefs will remain on top. 
And then I'll become a prophet of the chiefs. Come on, Lucia. You pray the contrary. Ah. I know, she's pirates. They, 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 they've lost. Hallelujah. You, you people might, should better join the winning party. <laughs> oh, you don't know what's coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if God can give me this, anybody that crosses my path is finished. So you see, God doesn't operate like that. And you found that Jesus never did that. He never did that. Is it that he didn't have power? He's the one that put the universe in place. And yet he's walking. People are making fun of him, calling him names. You have a demon. They are telling God that God has a demon. And God didn't even respond. If they told you that, let's be honest. Let's be honest. You know that you are God. It's not that you are not aware. You are aware. And you know that all the angels in heaven are waiting for your instruction. And then they are insulting you. How are you going to react? <laughs> I can already see smoke. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. But Jesus is not like that. He wasn't like that. And you find out that, you know, God is so full of compassion, he is slow to anger. Are you slow to anger or quick to anger? You know that God's anger, you can't come near his anger. In fact, if, you, if somebody came to me, Pastor, I'm always angry. Can you cast out this spirit? I say, my friend, I cannot cast it out. Hmm? Because anger is a God-given emotion. Anger is not a sin. I know some of you are surprised to hear this. Yeah. But your anger must be directed properly. Okay? Well, if you read your Bible, the most angry person in the Bible is God. So if it's a sin, that means God is sinning. Okay? But it must be harnessed properly. But what the enemy does is that he uses your anger to destroy. To destroy life. Instead of using your anger to build. Jesus used his anger against the enemy. He didn't use it to break people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So if is there anybody who gets angry? Let me see. Because there are some of you, you are so saintly <laughs> that I'm uncomfortable around you. <laughs> yeah, you get angry. It's okay. Touch your neighbor and say it's okay. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. There are many angry people in heaven. Hallelujah. 
Elijah, he used his anger to call fire down. Don't use yours to call fire down. Okay? Use yours to build something. Now, all those people that he destroyed with the fire, none of them can be discipled. They are dead. Why didn't he use the fire or use the anger to transform them? Why didn't he use it for that? Hmm? Use it to, to, to fire. Another set came. Fire. Ah! This fiery prophet. Another set came. They, they, their commander just came. Please, fa my father, please. Please, have mercy. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Please, please, I beg you. Ah, okay, now this one recognizes my anointing. This one recognizes me. The others were already gone. No time to pray, no time to repent. May God have mercy on us. I know why I'm saying this because I remember the man I was talking about. If you cross this man's path, <laughs> it's better you are not born. Yeah, yeah it's better you are not born. Serious temper problem. It's not of Christ. Let's look at the compassion of Christ. Some of the ways that Jesus... In fact, there's one story I like this story. Luke chapter 7. Anytime you see Jesus move with co compassion, compassion mentioned about Jesus, you will always see that he did something. It moved him to do something. Okay? Look, at, look here. Luke chapter 7, reading from verse 11. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out. The only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he what? He had compassion on her. And then he said to her, do not weep. He had compassion on her. He had compassion. Compassion causes you to be moved with the misfortunes of others. Compassion causes you to do something about the misfortunes of others. It doesn't, you don't look and say, you deserve it. Good for you. No, compassion is not like that. Compassion will look and say, oh, you'll be moved deeply and it will be genuinely from your spirit, from your heart. In fact, it is, it is believed by the Jews, the Hebrews, that compassion is, is the seat 
of God's mercy. It's, it's, it's the place from which His tender mercies flow. That's the place where compassion is. So, compassion makes you to be moved. And you know what mercy is, right? Who can tell the difference between mercy and grace? What's the difference? Okay, what is grace? Undeserved favor. Undeserved favor. Okay? Undeserved favor, undeserved ability. All right? Anything that God gives you that you don't deserve, that is grace. That is grace. Okay? There are some abilities you have right now. You don't realize it's God's grace. You think it's because you are smart. It's grace at work. That's why you find in the scripture sometimes there are some gifts that God calls grace. Hmm? Yeah. Charis. You know, the word grace is from the, the Greek word charis. And the gifts of the Spirit are called charismata. So they are a product of grace. Okay? But mercy is different. What's mercy? Not getting what you deserve. You deserve to die, but you don't get that. That is mercy. That is mercy. That's why when you go to court, sometimes people, they're charged, they've committed an offense, and then the judge, I mean the lawyer, they've presented, done everything, everything. They get, the guy is still guilty. So they now say, please, tender justice with mercy. Yeah, so we're not saying that the person should not be punished. But be merciful as you mete out judgment. So if the person deserves 25 years, please find it in your heart to give him a lighter sentence. Okay? Maybe you can give him 15 So, if the judge does that, the judge has exercised justice, but has been merciful. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So, that's God is saying, the Bible says that God is full of mercy. He's full of compassion. He's slow to anger. He is merciful. Full of mercy. So, in other words, God, there's so much you deserve that God is not giving you because of mercy. That's why the Bible says it's because of His mercies that we are not consumed. Amen. You are awake this morning because of God's mercy. Amen. It's not because you are a good person. There are better people that died last night and didn't wake up this morning. So that's why when you worship God, we come here, we're worshiping God, you must appreciate His mercy. Say, Lord, I thank you for your mercy. I don't deserve this. Huh? I deserve to die. I don't deserve to wake up this morning, but I'm awake. Thank you for your mercy. So if you have received mercy, learn to extend mercy to people. Are you getting my point? Learn to be merciful. 
Because your heavenly father is merciful. So there are some people that desire to be cut off from your life completely. That's what they deserve. But a heart of mercy will say, okay, I'll give you another chance. That is where the supernatural comes from. I remember years ago, I knew a man of God who was a family friend. One of the, he was like one of the leading ministers in Liberia, the nation of Liberia. You know? Like you will talk of, you will talk of, uh, say, Ray Macaulay here. He was in that rank. But he was once in prison in South Africa. During the struggle, he came here to, you know. <laughs> I don't know who sent him. But he came under Amnesty International, you know, you know, the campaigning, you know, about the struggle, fighting apartheid, trying to fight apartheid. He was arrested and locked up. But one of the things he told me, because I asked him, what is the key? What is the key to the supernatural? I see when you stand like that and you move, things happen. Things happen. Miracles happen. Things break forth. What is the key? He looked at him and said, my son, I can only tell you one key. It's compassion. He says, compassion. He said, when you look at people and your heart gets broken, and you want to do something, there is a power you contact. Hallelujah. So you look at their weakness, you look at their, you know, their situation, and you are moved like Jesus. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. Compassion moves. It's not just an emotion. Okay? It's not just a feeling. No, it propels you. He had compassion on her. And he said to her, do not weep. Do not weep. What's coming out of compassion? Not out of sentiment. Out of compassion. He says, do not weep. Next verse. Then he came and touched the open coffin. And those who carried him stood still. They are already going. It's a funeral procession. Hello. Can you imagine? Now, Jesus doesn't know her from Adam. It's not that the woman was, the Bible doesn't tell us that she was his, his cousin or his relative or his friend. No. It was just a woman. Like you, you go, you are walking around and then you just see some people going for a funeral. But then something moves. When you see funeral, does anything move? <laughs> well, I don't know. But Jesus went there and he touched it. I wonder what the pearl bearers, what they would have thought. Um, hello, sir. Um, can I help you? What is that? 
What are you doing? The coffin was opened. He touched, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. Next verse. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. Shake her bone Can you see? The power, the power that raises the dead flows with compassion. Can you see that? Can you see? The power that raises the dead flows with compassion. And he presented him to his mother. <laughs> Lord, from today, you are going to pray for compassion like never before. Hallelujah. Yeah. You need to master compassion. We need to master it so that when we move, even you can be walking in the mall and you see somebody, compassion just grips you. Then you go and do something about it. You will see the power of God. But if you look at it and say, yeah, I see this all the time, there will be no power. There will be no manifestation. I'm telling you. So when there is compassion, it doesn't matter what anybody feels. You are going to do something. And that's how this, this, this boy was raised from the dead. This woman, she had lost her husband. The only, the only one she had remaining was this boy. And now he's dead. And maybe she had even thought, this is the boy that will bury me. Now she has to go and bury him. And she's crying, going, she's there crying, crying. Fortunately, Jesus was walking. May God give us compassion. Amen. Compassion for those who are less privileged. Amen. Compassion for those who are suffering. Amen. Compassion for those who are not in a privileged position as us. Amen. May God move in our hearts. Some of us, our hearts are too hard. Too hard, too hard. We look at people and we just wonder what is wrong with them. Why can't they just get their act together? But you don't understand what they are fighting. They don't have what it takes. They don't have the wherewithal to get out of that situation. They need help. They need the supernatural hand of God. They need the power of God to rescue them, to bring them out of that pit. They need the power of God. And you, you can carry that power. You can be the one that will extend God's compassion to them. You can bring the power of God to them and take them out, bring them out of that place and make their lives better. And we need to have compassion for this city. We need to have compassion for this nation. We need to have compassion, compassion for our leaders. We need to have compassion for those that we come in contact with. We need compassion, not critics. We need compassion. God is not looking for critics. God is not anointing people to be critics. He's looking for people who have compassion. People who will look and they will be moved. They will look, God, what do I do? What can I do about this? They will look and they will be moved to go and intercede. Because like when they see situations as a priest, 
They will go before God and cry before God for the conditions of people. That is what will activate the supernatural. Don't do things because you want to make a point. There's no need making any point. You don't need to prove a point to anybody. Just love God and love people. Love them genuinely from the depth of your heart. Love them for real. They might not be like you. It's okay. They don't have to be like you. They might not sound like you. It's okay. God is a God of variety. But you need to have compassion. You need to have compassion. Why? God wants to use you. But will you? Is there a place in your heart for compassion? If there's no place in your heart, I have news for you. God cannot use you. God cannot use you. You want to raise the dead? For what? For what? Why? You want to open the eyes of the blind? For what? You want to raise the cripple? Why? Huh? You want to build your profile? Huh? You want to start your own movement? Is that, is that your motive? You want to start your own whatever? Hey, may God help us. May God help us. May God help us. This scripture, you see, okay. Verse 16, then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. Amen? Do you think that was the motive of Jesus? No. It was a byproduct. Hallelujah. It was a byproduct. If you begin to walk in compassion, there will be byproducts. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are things that will happen that you didn't plan. But if you begin to strategize and say, this is my strategy, you know, once, once I raise my first dead person, then, you know, this is what I will do. And then this and that. I'm telling you, you are lost. You are lost. Totally lost. And that's why God will use some people. I'm telling you, because I've seen this, this man move. The man I mentioned, I've seen him move in power. Raw power. Raw, raw, raw power. There are few people that have worked with, God, with that kind of demonstration. But you know what? If he's, if he's walking and you come near him and you just touch him. Yes! Yeah! Disturbing the anointing. Is that, is that how Jesus operated? When he comes, you can't, you can't come close. He, everybody, he's coming, he's coming. 
What is that? What's that? Jesus wasn't like that. The disciples tried to do it for Jesus. They, no, come. Everybody, get away. What? Stop disturbing the master. Little children. Go, go to Sunday school. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't forbid them. Forbid them not. For such is the kingdom of God. You see? Because God used you a little bit. Now, nobody can come close to you. Nobody can talk to you. Everybody's afraid of you. Ha! No compassion anymore. And that's how it got to a point. This man became dry. And I will see him struggle. Struggle to, to produce results. I've seen him power, preach, preach, preach. He will shout, 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 jump, do this, do this. No power. He's gone. And I'm like, is this the same man? Yes, it is. No compassion. No compassion. People are more important than ministry. Amen. Hello? Amen. Okay? Yeah, people are more important. Jesus didn't come to die for ministry. He came to die for people. Yeah. So never get too anointed to value people. Never. Follow the master. Look at Jesus. Follow his example. I don't care who says otherwise. Do you understand? Even if I come and say otherwise, don't listen to me. This thing I'm telling you is very serious. Okay? Do, you, do yourself a favor. Go search your Bible. Look for all the places where compassion is mentioned. Especially regarding Jesus. You will see that whenever there is compassion, there is something he's doing. There is something he's doing. Let, let, let me read another scripture before we close. Time has gone. Um, Matthew. Let's look at Matthew chapter... 14. From verse 13, he says, When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by the boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. Can you see that? And he was what? Moved with compassion for them. And he did what? He healed their sick. So you see, he was moved. He saw the multitude. Something moved inside him. All right? He was moved with compassion. Then the next thing is that he begins to heal the sick. It's not a coincidence. Compassion was what unlocked the healing power of God. Okay? It unlocked the healing power of God. And he healed the sick. Then look at next verse. Come on. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, 
this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. Can you see? Lack of compassion. Master, look. You have healed them. They should be, is, is that not okay? Let them go. Send them away. After you have healed their sick and you, what again? Uh, when you go to hospital and the doctor, uh, is the doctor going to feed you? Let them go and buy something to eat, my master. <laughs> Verse 16, look at, look at Jesus. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Ha! Huh? <laughs> master, how can you say that? Is, is that my business? Huh? I mean, it's like you, you have come to church now. And you are hungry. After service, it's like, I said, go home, go, go. I said, no, pastor, we need to order pizza for everybody. I said, ha, with what? How? That's what happened here. Hmm? Jesus said to them, you, get them something to eat. And look at next verse. And they said to him, we have only five loaves and two fish. That's all we have. Huh? And he said, bring them here to me. Hallelujah. Amen. But I want you to see that it started with compassion. Amen. This miracle started with compassion. Amen. Started with compassion. Next, look at. And then he commanded the multitudes to sit down. On the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. Okay? So they all ate and were filled. Hmm? And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. 12 baskets from five loaves and two fish. Huh? What they ended up with was with more was more than what they started with. The remnant was more than what they started with. What do you call that? It's supernatural. That's right. Okay. Now those who had eaten were about five thousand men, besides women and children. Sure. This compassion is hectic. That is what can, you know, cause food to be more than enough. Instead of complaining, oh, you know, we only have so much, and this person has come now to, to reduce our ration. <laughs> huh? There is no food in this house. Why are you visiting? You always visit at the wrong time. Why are you visiting middle of the month? Why can't you visit end of the month when there is money to buy food? It's because you don't have compassion. That's why you're talking like that. You don't have compassion. And that's why you cannot experience the supernatural. That's why God will not multiply the little you have. He cannot multiply it because your heart is hardened. I'm telling you, these things are real. They're real. We must open our hearts up. Let God break that heart of stone. And cause compassion to start flowing. To start flowing so that you can be moved. 
you can, you can, you can extend the heart of God to people. Have you ever seen God send somebody that came to him? Jesus never drove anybody. But how many of us have driven people away? Huh? And yet, we say, supernatural, supernatural. From where? <laughs> Unless it's from Sangoma. But if it's the power of God, these are the laws. I'm telling you, these are the laws. These are the laws, and we need to begin to make adjustments. Adjust our lives, adjust our hearts, adjust our feelings towards people. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. I don't care. You know, there's no smoking in this premises, but uh, in this church, in this building. But if the person comes, he's smoking uh, Indian hemp. It's not going to change how I relate with him. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. There's place for wisdom, yes. But we must accept people. Amen. Don't look for perfect people. Receive them. And then help them. Do you understand? Help them to get out of the dungeon. Take them out. So that they can be where you are. God has called us. What God has called us to do, we can't do without compassion. Are you getting this? We are supposed to change this nation. Supposed to transform this city. So our hearts must be open. Are you open? Yeah. I think I've said enough, right? The point has been made. There's a law of love and compassion. I didn't even have time to talk about love <laughs> itself. But, you know, God loves us. He loves us unconditionally. When I say the law of love, the love I'm talking about is not love that says, I love you if you love me. Okay? It's not the love that says, you were kind to me so I'll be kind to you. No, it's not, that is not the kind of love I'm talking about. The love I'm talking about is the agape love. It's a supernatural love. It's the kind of love that will love someone even if the person hates you. Because many of us were enemies of God. It's the kind of love that will love your enemy. On this prayer, everybody that is hindering my progress... Appear and die. You must stop praying those kind of prayers. <laughs> yeah. Some people pray those kind of prayers. Stop that. Jesus didn't teach you that. Stop praying for people to die. What do you gain when somebody dies? Huh? What's the difference between you and Elijah? If you pray that kind of prayer. Elijah is not my example. Jesus is my example. Amen. Unless you want Elijah to be your example. The one that called Elijah and gave him the power is my example. Amen. So I'd rather follow Jesus. Amen. 
Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Huh? Amen? In fact, look at, look at when Judas betrayed Jesus. Hmm? The night that Jesus was going to be betrayed. You know, Judas came and betrayed him with a kiss, right? What did Jesus call Judas? Friend. Ha! This guy has collected money. To get Jesus killed. And Jesus calls him friend. Can you beat that? So, when somebody crosses your path, <laughs> will you call him friend? I say, my enemies. My enemy, my enemy, my enemy. May God punish you 200%. Do you know these things? There are Christians that are like this. <laughs> I'm telling you. I don't want to mention names, but I know some. I know so. He said, all those who wish me dead are dead. They are dead and buried. And I'm standing here. Good for you. You will meet the master one day. Yeah. So you celebrate the misfortune of others. Is that compassion? person came against me. Look at what God did to me. Are you sure God did it? Are you sure it is God? When you stand before God, you tell God when you saw him do that. <laughs> we must master the law of love and compassion. The Bible says that we must clothe ourselves with compassion. There's a scripture in Colossians 2, I think, where it says we should clothe ourselves with compassion. Kindness. Huh? Kindness. Let me, let me find that scripture. I'll close with that. I promise. Hallelujah. This is very serious, I'm telling you. Because God is love. Am I correct? Yeah, God is love. And if God is love, you shouldn't be anything less. Okay? And say, oh no, am I God? Why should I? You, you are supposed to be like your father. Huh? You're supposed to be like that. That should, that should be your goal. Your desire should be like, to be like him. Hallelujah. Do you, do, you, do you want to be like God? I think, I think that God is um, <laughs> worth emulating. Don't you think so? Yes. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. Okay. We'll close with this verse. Colossians 3 12. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with what? Compassion. Compassion, 
kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. What are you wearing this morning? So when you get dressed, one of the things you put on is compassion. Can you see it? Yes? Clothe yourselves. Why is it clothe yourself? That means, right? Yeah. Pastor Sam says some people are spiritually naked. Yeah, spiritually, they are naked. They are not clothed. This is part of spiritual clothing. Compassion. Huh? Kindness. Hello, learn to be kind. Don't be mean. Don't take pleasure in being mean. I'm a tough person. Everybody knows. Everybody in this family knows that they cannot cross my path. Shame on you. Hmm? Humility. Hey, you know. <laughs> Let me know. Gentleness and patience. Huh? Next verse. Let's read the next verse. Huh? Bearing with one another. Can you see that? Bear with me. God has not finished with me. Okay? God, has not, God is still working on me. I'm not a perfect. Please bear with me. Yeah, my imperfection irritates you. I'm sorry. But bear with me. God is still working with me. God is still dealing with me. God is still processing me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Bear with me. You're looking for a perfect pastor? I'm not that one. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Ah? Huh? You're looking for a perfect man. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm very sorry to disappoint you. I'm not. But please, bear with me. I'm working on it. Hallelujah. And God is working. Hallelujah. And forgiving one another. Can you see? Forgiving one another. Learn to forgive. Learn to forgive. Most of the Christians that are in hell today went there because of unforgiveness. I'm very serious. Very serious. I've heard of at least two testimonies, two pastors that died and came back to life. One of them, he would have gone to hell if not that God brought him back. And the angel that took him around said, you are fortunate that you are given the opportunity to come back. You would have gone to hell. He said, what? But I'm a man of God. I've been preaching. I'm doing this. He said, hey, you remember the, what you had with your wife? And she was knocking on the door. You locked the door. You refused to forgive her for what happened. And you died. You had an accident and died. You would have gone straight to hell. And God asked him to come back. Go and tell people what you saw. He saw hell. It was because of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a dangerous thing. Deadly. Hallelujah. Huh. There was another one that I saw many years ago. This guy died and came back to He shared a testimony. A sister in the church that had died some few days before he died. And they buried her. They had a Christian burial for her. He said he saw that sister in hell. 
he saw her, she came before the Lord, before the judgment, the judgment of the Lord. And the Lord says, depart from me. He says he saw the anger in the Lord's face. And he says, anybody, there was a long queue, anybody that comes, if he tells you to go to the right, you are fine. If he says to the left, but to those to the left, he says, he uses the word depart. He said, when he said depart to her, she said, oh, but I'm a Christian. I'm this, I tithe, I do this, I do that. I say, that sister you had a listen with, you refuse to forgive her. I can't forgive you. Go. And that's how she went to hell. He came back to say, brethren, she's not in heaven. She is roasting. She's roasting in hell. Yeah. He said, oh no, my heart is so strong. I find it hard to forgive. You are going to hell. Hey, this is church, eh? The pillar and ground of truth. That's what the Bible says about the church. Or if you want me to be preaching, you shall become a millionaire. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You are blessed. What of what benefit you become a millionaire and you end up in hell? What is what what use? I'm trying to help you here. Hallelujah. Yeah. Forgive me one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. You have no option. Touch your neighbor and say, no option. You have no option. You must forgive me. In fact, forgive me in advance. Hallelujah. We need, we need forgiveness credit. Yeah. Forgiveness credit. So, right now, in advance, whatever you do, I have forgiven you before you do it. That's how we should live. We want to walk in the supernatural. I'm telling you these things. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want to heal the sick and end up in hell. You don't want to, 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 to raise the dead and say, I never knew you. Do, do you want that? But some people are going to hear that. Nobody in this church is going to go to hell. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Not with the truth that I'm sharing with you. You cannot. You cannot. In fact, I seal the gates of hell. Hell will reject you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. Let's appreciate the Lord. Thank you, Father. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.